1: I've always looked at realtors as a marketing tool for me because they have all of these clients that they work with, people that buy million dollar homes, they want to have a bold portrait in their home. So I'm kind of using them as a, hey, you've got these incredible portraits of you. This is additional things that I do. These are other things that I can help your clients with. Spread the word about me. Tag me in your photos when you post them online. Spread the word.
0: This week on the Portrait System, my guest is Ali Serrano. Ali is a portrait photographer in Florida, and she moved here from what was formerly the Czech Republic twenty-three years ago. Ali started her photography business in twenty sixteen and went full time in twenty eighteen. The genres she focuses on mostly are personal branding, boudoir, and for the last five years, she's had different variations of a home studio. Allie shares all about how she makes that work, how she brings in all of her clients, and how she uses a deposit system instead of a session fee. I loved chatting with Allie, and I'm so happy to introduce her to you. Okay, let's get started with Allie Serrano. Hi, Allie. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you and just hear, just hear everything. Why don't we start with you telling everyone just where you live and what you shoot, you know, which genres you shoot, and then we'll kind of go from there.
1: Awesome. So I currently live in Apollo Beach, which is a small city outside of Tampa Bay, Florida. It's still part of Hillsborough County. And I've been in and around Tampa Bay for the past 23 years. And I focus on branding, boudoir mainly, and I do families every now and then. Although I have done a lot less families since COVID, I must admit. Okay. Now, is, is there a specific reason for that? I think it's just they stopped conjugating so much. And the, the business side really kicked on because the real estate market in Tampa got really hot. So I picked up okay. a lot of real estate clients. Got it. Got it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And is that, like, were you leaning towards going in that direction anyway of more of the kind of personal branding and boudoir?
1: I kind of was anyway, so it it just kind of helped me, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, the whole COVID situation, I've talked to a lot of people where it pushed them into a direction of what they truly wanted to do. Interesting. So, yeah, it is interesting. And for you, it's sort of random that, oh, just the real estate market happened to kick up and helped you. (laughs) Definitely.
1: Yeah, no. yeah. It was a lifesaver to be honest.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have a million questions for you, but I don't want to forget to ask you this. Cause I know this is something that comes up quite a bit is how do you, or do you not keep your boudoir and branding things separate or like on Instagram or on your website, or do you just have everything together, like all together?
1: I keep it blended in because it's, Well, first, my boudoir is not very raunchy boudoir. I still kind of keep it elegant and classy. Okay. So it's more like a glam boudoir uh, than an actual boudoir. So that helps when people see their branding and then there is a boudoir shot next to it. It's still kind of the same brand. It's still the same same look.
0: That makes sense. And when I'm scrolling through your Instagram now, and it does look very consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm, when I'm looking through, it does. It seems like you have a very consistent bl- brand. So that's pretty cool. Thank you. Okay, let's back up a little bit. I know you said you've been
1: in the States for 23 years. Where mm-hmm. did you originally live? Uh, I was born in the Czech Republic. It's now called the Czechia. They decided to give themselves a new name. Funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've moved to United States when I was 18. So I've lived here officially now longer than when I was there. Okay, got it. And have you been a photographer since you moved here when you were 18? Not since, but I was always interested in the art of I started with drawings and painting, but I could never get the faces right. The expressions and the emotion was just something really difficult for me to draw. When I discovered the camera, it was I knew that that's what I wanted to do.
0: Ah, that's really cool. I I can imagine it would be difficult. You know, I swear my 5-year-old can draw better than I can, but it, you know, I could see how it would be difficult to, to get that expression.
1: Like you really have to capture the right, the right nuances of the face. Mm-hmm. And I, the camera, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want.
0: Well, it's interesting because even with photographing, you know, capturing expression that is authentic and not, you know, cause sometimes when we put the camera up, people's eyes just like glaze over or look like a deer in headlights. And I'm one of those people. Like if someone's yeah. trying to photograph me, unless I'm smiling big, I tend to glaze over. I don't know why, but I do. Anyway, a lot of our clients do that as well. So even as photographers, it can be tricky to really get a true expression. Like it takes practice and really knowing what to say to the clients or when to click the actual button and everything. Anyway, so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's tricky as photographers too.
1: It definitely is. And I actually have funny different techniques depending on the person that I'm photographing. Sometimes we dance and I just mm-hmm. pop them in the middle of their dance, take a photo and keep keep going. Sometimes we have a conversation. Sometimes it's a very fluid. So it all depends on, on who they are and what kind of person they are. But like if I have to be the silliest person in the room to get them to smile, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. I'll do it too. Definitely. Yeah. It's worth it. You know, oh, um, yeah. Getting that authentic expression, because especially when they're looking at their photos, they can, in a millisecond, say, that's not a real smile. Or yep. I look like i have ret- resting bitch face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they can see it before anybody else can.
1: So yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, and it's so funny. I've attracted people that love to see themselves smiling. Mm-hmm. So when I do my reveal, they often pick their smiling shots. And I love that because that's what I want to see. I want to just see people happy.
0: Okay, so let's go back. So you picked up a camera instead of you know drawing faces. You decided we were going to photograph, and did you start a business right away?
1: Oh no, I was a hobbyist for many years. I often, like on a weekend, I'd find somebody that is starting to be a model, and I kind of played around with the camera and took thousands of photos, hoping one is right. (laughs) You know how we all do when we start. (laughs) And then over time, I started to get better at my craft. And it wasn't actually until 2016 when I was forced to kind of look at my life. Um, My best friend died at 2016. She was 35 and she died from a brain aneurysm. Oh my God. Like in the middle of her sleep, like no heads up, no phone call ahead of time, like nothing. Like you get a call the next day saying she's gone and it changes your life to a great deal. So it really made me look at my life in a way, like, where am I going? Am I actually following my path? What if that was me? Like, I have not done anything with my life. I have a dead end job that I hate. And so I really looked at that and made a lot of changes. And the other thing with her is I did not take the time. I thought I would have another 40, 50 years with her. I didn't photograph her. I didn't spend as much time as I would have had I known that she was going to be gone. So her frame will always be empty for me. And I always make sure to tell my clients, don't wait to be photographed because you may not have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what pushed me into starting the business and took the thing that I really enjoy doing. And I asked myself the question, what is it that I really love doing, even if I don't get paid for it, that I would love to do as a job? Because it's always been my dream is to do something that I love, love what I do. And somehow it just pays for my bills. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be a millionaire. I just want my money to come in and pay for my bills so that I know they're paid and I just want there to be a fluid exchange. Mm-hmm. But I it, my core is to make people happy. My core is to make a change, transformation, influence in some positive way and tell their stories. Okay, so let's jump forward a little bit.
0: Where are you at now with your business? Are you full-time? Yes. Okay, so full time photographer since twenty eighteen. So, however okay. many years that is. Okay, so only two years after you kind of got things going, you became mm-hmm. full full time. Yeah,
1: that's yep. awesome. Yeah, I was I was really um, really reaching for that goal to be full time because the job I had I really hated, and my boss at the time, although unintentionally, kind of pushed me to leaving, and so I set my leaving day job date to be the two-year anniversary of the month when my best friend passed. So that was kind of an homage to her.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of nice to leave a job that you weren't happy at, huh?
1: (laughs) And I'm like, I can always go back to waitressing if I need to. Like, Mm -hmm. And I never had to do that. I'm like, no, this is it. This is my one and only option and I'm going to make it work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So how did you do it? You know, from, from, 2016 to 2018, what were you doing to
1: prepare knowing that you wanted to go full-time? So I first started to build my website I at the basic beginning stages of using the tools that I knew how to use. I'm not a coder, but I found a, a software that I could play around with images and text that would transform it into code to build my website. So I did that. I tried different genres of photography I tried weddings I did three and I hated everyone so I knew that's not what I wanted to do um, and I kind of I've already done a lot of photography for hobbies before this so I kind of already knew the genre but I wanted to kind of solidify which direction I knew I wanted to photograph women I knew it was going to be transformational but I also wanted it to be a legacy portrait because I'm from Europe and I'm I grew up in a big homes with a lot of gold framed portraits on the wall of all of your ancestors. So I kind of wanted to combine that together. So I knew that was my genre. I just needed to kind of figure out how I'm going to get there.
0: Okay. I want to say too, I know you said you coded and did your own website, but I want people listening to know you do not have to do that if you don't have a website yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most people cannot do that. There are templates and programs out there. I use Showit. Some people love Squarespace and Wix, and you know, there's all the things. And then there's templates, and then you can just kind of drag and drop. And
1: yeah, so. for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Another thing, you don't have a a, a studio outside of the home, right? You have an in home studio. I have an in home studio, and
1: I actually currently have the fourth version of my in home studio. I can't seem to. Every time I crunch the numbers and I really have the, the itch to have an extra space outside of my home, I crunch the numbers and I'm like, I don't want to give up my profit. I want to keep the profit, So I'll mm-hmm. just find a way to make it work at home. Because I, I do a lot of work outside for my branding and I wouldn't use the space maybe once a week, twice every two weeks. And that doesn't justify me having a spare space. Yeah. Tell us about
0: how you make that work. Um, you know, maybe take us take us back. I know you said this is your fourth version, but take us back to the, the first version. Like, have you always lived in the same house and four different spaces within the same house? Or like, tell us about
1: that. Good question. So the first version was just me setting up a backdrop whenever I had a client pushing the furniture aside, setting up a backdrop, setting up the lights, and then kind of breaking it down. That was kind of the roughing it. The second space, I actually had two rooms dedicated in the house to my studio. So one room was like the reveal wall and like the hair makeup part. And the other room was the actual studio space. So I had backdrops put up and like all of that permanently. When I moved from there, the next space was even bigger for my studio. So a lot less of it took my space actually personal. So it was a big living room. You walked in, it was a grand living room and a big wall of portraits. And then the dining room, I took over into the actual studio and it had a little like closet on the right that didn't have AC in it, but I used it for the closet for the clothes. So that's like when you walked in and you pick all your outfits you wanted to wear, or you put your outfits there, you change there and then you go into the studio to be photographed. And it had like two little bedrooms in the back and a little, tiny kitchenette. So for me, that worked perfectly, but I was renting. And the owner of the building shortly after COVID has decided to put the house on the, on the market. Oh, right. And we were just on a vacation when we got the call. And it's not really for a good business when you have a for sale sign up front, because all your clients are coming in asking, oh, are you selling? Like, are you moving? Are you closing the business, like it doesn't make you look good. Mm -hmm. So we had to relocate and we bought a house in Apollo beach. And for a while I had a room in the house that was dedicated for my studio space. Right now we have a nephew living with us. So I, right now my stuff is in a garage and I take over the living room once again when I have a client coming in, but once he, he's only temporary with us. So once he leaves, I'll take over the room again. So, Okay, I can hear people
0: saying, and I remember this because when I first started my business, I was shooting in in my family room and it was a rental and it wasn't, you know, the best space. Like the carpet was old and the paint wasn't great, you know, all the things. The thing that wore me down was always having, like, I had a big dog. So I always had to make sure because not everyone's comfortable with dogs, even though she was super chill, she still is super chill. But not everyone's comfortable with dogs. So I would have to ask people, like, are you cool with a big dog? And if they said no, I had to find a way to get her out of the house. You know, I typically keep a clean house, mostly clean house. But my, you know, just me being home um, by myself, the house is going to look different than if I have a client coming in who is going to spend, you know, over $1,000. Like, I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing. Like, how do you balance just
1: living in your home with having a business there? Yeah, it's definitely rough. We have four cats. Three of them are indoor cats. So, as you know, cat dander, it's something clients are allergic to. So, that's something I have to mm-hmm. mention. It's like, hey, are you okay with cats? If not, then I'll put them outside in a little lanai that I have and make sure the house is scrubbed. I would scrub the house regardless, mop the floors, make sure it's spotless. The good thing is, here is the tall ceilings. The walls are almost white, they're cream white, and the floors are uh, tile, kind of beige tile. So it's a really bright room. It's not dark. So that alone gives me enough light. And there's a big French doors that lets the light in to lit up the whole room. So there's a lot of light here. And actually, I have to cut down on the light sometimes.
0: (laughs) Oh, I like that. People say like, oh, I really want, you know, north-facing windows or whatever. And I'm like, give me south and west-facing like all day long. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I would
0: rather have to block out the window and I just have so much light then not have enough but and it, but I don't shoot strobes so I guess it depends on
1: what you shoot but I actually shoot strobe majority of the time
0: oh you do okay mm-hmm. yeah so you definitely are blocking out light
1: I'm definitely blocking out light yeah. unless I'm doing the the backlit set um uh, for boudoir that's really pretty and this French door allows it for that. If I put a scrim behind the client, then the backlit, like bright light behind her is really pretty for natural light.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So
0: I think I might have interrupted you there where you were talking a little bit more about what that's like to have someone in the home. So you talk to you let people know about cats and that sort of thing. Like do you have kind of a routine you go through? Do you, you know you said things are set up permanently? Like are you worried about anything ever getting messed up, like, you know, all those things.
1: Not necessarily in like getting messed up, but um, always having to kind of put my products on display, make sure they're, you know, looking pretty. I live with my boyfriend and his brother and my nephew is living with us now. So I have to kick everybody out when I have a boudoir photo shoots, like uh, I need right. the house to myself. Like you all have, mm-hmm. have a day somewhere, do something, whatever, just don't be here for the afternoon. So that's always a struggle, but it's worth it because there's like, if I get to create magic here and yeah, it takes scrubbing, it takes setting up, it takes moving all of my V flats. It takes setting up the backdrop, setting up the lights. Yeah. It's a lot of work, the moving in and out stuff. Or even if I do have that back room, I don't have to move as much, but I still have to clean everything. So it's definitely an extra work versus if I had a studio space, Mm -hmm. but I'm still this way connected to my family because I don't spend a lot of my time outside at a job. I feel like it would feel like a job if I had a workplace to go to. Mm -hmm. Does
0: that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and another thing you said that I think was really important is it doesn't cut into your bottom line. And, you know, Allie, when I first started out, my very first studio space, I was paying $1,095 a month. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. That, I mean, that's a lot of money. That was a lot of money. Like, I mean, that was yeah. more than my rent at the time for my house. That, yeah, that's a lot of money. We were paying $1,050 a month for our rent at the time. And I was paying more than that for my studio. And here I was starting out fresh from, you know, leaving my social work job and everything. And I, I made it work. It was great. Like I ended up making way more money than I ever thought I could have at that time. But then I moved to a space where we were paying, and, and I talked about this. I do a three on Thursday email address. I've been going through every single studio that I've ever had and like sharing photos or whatever. So this is kept really fresh in my mind because I was going back through and looking at all my old leases and all my old photos of studios or whatever. Mm. The most expensive studio I had was $2,200 a month. Oh, wow. And it got to the point, okay, so we I was sharing with a makeup artist, but I always paid more than the makeup artist because I used the space more often. Yeah. And it, they were about, to, we only signed a six month lease because we weren't sure we were going to love the location. And after six months, I was just about to have a baby and we were like, okay, we should probably just, we'll just stay for six more months. And they were like, oh, the rent's going to increase by $300. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So we ended up, like, it kind of in desperation, just looking at any and every space. And we found a spot that was $495 a month, and we were going to split that. So I was only paying, like, $250, $250 a month. And once That's I got cool. a taste of that, I was like, I can deal with this tiny space because I am saving so much more money. And mm-hmm. so people listening, it doesn't have to be expensive and big and glamorous. Like, Allie, you've had it in a space in your home since 2018. So, five uh, years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And my, that little $495 space. I mean, another good thing too is I downsized with all the shit I didn't need anymore that I wasn't shooting with. Like, I had this exactly. velvet blue couch that looked really great in my studio, but I never used it. Like, I was, I downsized. It felt better to just have my staple pieces and things that I knew I was going to use. I wasn't collecting a bunch of crap that I wasn't going to use anymore. I loved it. And I was, you know, an extra $1,000 a month in my pocket.
1: And especially if you live in an area where your commercial real estate is really expensive, like Tampa is known for commercial real estate being like super pricey. Yeah, you I was can, in Seattle, so yeah, totally get it. Like mm-hmm. like the rent here for a residential apartment now is like 2,000 and up in Tampa. Yeah, oh, Commercial wild. real estate is about the same 2,500 easily to start. And that's just a lot of money, like- I, I'm sorry, but I'd rather keep that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that's not to say there isn't a time and a place if you really want to have this big space or if it just makes sense for your brand or you're sharing it or you're renting it or whatever. I'm not trying to discourage yeah. people from doing it. But once I saw that I could make just as much and more money, really, I made the most money, you know, like, I don't know about the most money, but I made within that four years, I made hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think I made the most money there because it was the studio that I was in the longest. Well, minus my Michigan studio. I had that for seven years, but I I didn't live here full-time when I had that studio. Anyway, whatever. The point is, is that it doesn't matter. You don't have to have the big glamorous
1: spot. You just don't. And what it also forces you to do is use pieces, like furniture pieces or prop pieces that you can use in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You don't just have like one use for it. Like you can use it for boudoir. You can use it for branding. You can use it as a pe- furniture piece for your own home. Like, like you look for ways where you can extra use things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Let's, let's
0: uh, move forward a little bit. So you mentioned that you picked up a lot of real estate clients during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Are you just doing headshots? Are you doing personal branding?
1: You know, What does all that look like? So I do a lot of personal branding and my brand is now actually magazine style portraits uh, because I work with two local real estate magazines, one in Tampa, one in Sarasota. And they send me leads basically in exchange for an advertising in the magazine. So I don't get paid by the magazine. I just get to put an ad in there once a month. And they send me leads, I photograph the clients, I sell them the images. Most of the time they buy, sometimes they don't. But most of the time they love what I capture. And that's my goal is to capture something amazing enough for it to be in a magazine because oftentimes they've never been published before. And also amazing enough that they, it makes someone to buy it and use it for their own marketing, for their own brand. So it really makes me push my level to the next level with what I capture for them. So that they are so wowed that it makes them want to just own it all.
0: Wow. Okay. So tell us about that. Tell us about your packages and your pricing. And do you offer hair and makeup? And are they coming to your house to do this? Like, take us through so, it. So
1: a lot of realtors in Tampa Bay, because it's so pretty here, they want to be outside with the blue sky, with the waterfront homes. Like being a waterfront homeowner is everybody's dream. And so that's what the realtors want to showcase most of the time. Hence why I use a strobe for the photo shoots outside, especially because otherwise you won't get the blue sky, the green grass, like you really want to have the color pop. And that's the only way to do that is with a strobe. I actually watch a lot of Felix's videos to kind of rewatch and pick up extra tips on that because that's kind of where I get my inspiration from. Pricing wise on a normal client, my deposit to book a photo shoot is 1250 That includes hair, makeup, two-hour photo shoot, multiple outfit changes. It actually gets a facial or an energy clearing. My best friend is a energy clearing facial expert. So I send them to her to kind of get them cleaned and ready to go mentally and physically oh wow and then that's cool it's really cool because she's so good at what she does and i'm like well why don't i just send all of my clients to this way they feel like relaxed when they go into the photo shoot it just adds to that service i mean that sets you apart right there that's really cool yeah she's awesome so i add that and then it's obviously a full photo shoot experience i do anything from three to six outfits uh, it could be in studio or on location. Usually I do two locations. We don't usually make the third one. If they do three, we end up just making the first two. But for my clients, then the packages start at 2500 for 10 images, 4500 for 20, and 6500 for 30. The packages do include either the folio box or the album in the top two, and the top two also include a wall art. So I do have that kind of breaking down. Now the price is the same, whether you get the products or not. Uh, So it's designed in a way that even if you don't want the products and you just want the branding digitals, it's still a good deal per image, even if you just get the digitals. And I make that clear in my marketing magazine PDF that says that like, you don't have to get the products, but the price is still the same and nobody ever questions it.
0: Wow. Okay. So you must be extremely confident when you say what you say, and this is what it is. And because I've heard a lot of people say that, like, well, what if I don't want the prints? Is it cheaper? So there must be something about the way that you are presenting things that this is my prices, and this is what it is. And there's no question. (laughs) This is what I charge.
1: I'm a hot mess anytime I do a sales presentation. (laughs) I used to have to write it down and push the paper across the table. Now I do a lot of my videos digitally. So sometimes I like don't even look at them. I look at my handwritten or typed up script and I just read the script. Like I, I have all kinds of tricks just so that I sound confident because I need to. But it it's been a while since I've I've started with higher prices and I've always just kind of either started with a giving a voucher or giving a like credit to, to kind of make me feel comfortable saying those numbers. And over the years I've kind of right now where I'm at is where I'm super happy to be at. I don't know that I want to make many changes in the coming future. The only thing that the realtors through the magazine get a special on is they get an extra credit towards their images, their photo shoot. They don't pay for that because it's covered through the magazine. So they get the extra credit towards their images. And it's kind of a way for me to let them know, hey, I'm giving you a credit, i.e. a discount, but I don't call it a discount, because I want you to spread the word about me to all of your clients. I've always looked at realtors as a marketing tool for me, because they have all of these clients that they work with, people that buy million-dollar homes, they want to have a bold portrait in their home. So I'm kind of using them as a, hey, you've got these incredible portraits of you. This is additional things that I do. These are other things that I can help your clients with. Spread the word about me. Tag me in your photos when you post them online. Spread the word. Right, so that's right. So that's, that's the only difference there. Do you know what your average sale is? Since I made this price change at the beginning of this year, it's bumped up to, I would say, about 2000 It used yeah. to be about 1100 before that. So it's def- doubled since I made the price, price increase.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's so nice too because you don't have that studio overhead and yeah. Now the extra services that you like with hair and makeup and that sort of thing is that including, you know what I mean? Like how much are you paying to your friend who does this energy work and to hair and makeup and that sort of thing out in Tampa? So
1: I do include that in the cost of doing business. Um, some of the realtors don't necessarily need the the energy clearing, so I don't like, sometimes I give them the option of, Hey, do you want to do your own hair makeup? And you you also get this energy clearing. Do you want to utilize that? Or so sometimes they decline or they have their own facial person. A lot of ladies in Tampa Bay are very specified as to who they work with, especially with their face. So the hair makeup and the energy clearing, it's, it's kind of optional. It's complimentary service. So they don't see that as, Oh, it's an extra upcharge for me. Okay. Got it. yeah. Um, and sometimes they're like, no, I'll come ready to be photographed. I'm good. Like they don't want to pay for the extra makeup artist or they don't want to include the makeup artist since they've already got somebody or they can do their own. Mm-hmm. But as far as how much I pay for that, the energy clearing facial is 250 and the makeup artist is 200 So about 450 together.
0: Okay. and But they're coming in spending 1250 Exactly.
1: At, okay. To start with. Yeah.
0: So it's still... Yeah. Just, I just want to make sure I, I understand. So what is exactly is included with that session fee? I know you said they get those services. And then what else is included in that? So I know you said it before. I just want to make sure I'm clear.
1: My consultation, the wardrobe consultation, the whole styling, prepping. I have several Zoom calls with my clients before the photo shoot. Uh, the actual photo shoot, the two-hour, mm-hmm. two- to three-hour photo shoot. Uh, the image reveal, they get to bring a person with them. So that's included. The makeup, the energy clearing, the image review afterwards, the retouching, like the whole 10 step okay. process.
0: But they're not getting any credit towards images. It is a deposit.
1: So, okay. They, yeah. Got it. So it's not a session fee. That's where it's I was getting kind confused. Okay. Of Felicia in- initiated this. Felicia Reed initiated this recently. recently, like six months ago that she's turned it into a deposit towards her collections. Yeah, 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 um, okay. So, so I kind of did the same thing. So you basically, if you, the way I sell it is you basically are starting with the 10 image collection at 2500 and you pay half upfront when you book your photo shoot. Yeah,
0: got it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then you're taking home about 2000 per shoot. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Now let's talk a little bit about your marketing and how you are finding your clients. I mean, I know you did you did say that referral is is a big one for you as far as you know you you want people to tell other, you know, others about you obviously that's like the best way for us to
1: get our clients for sure. But
0: how, what what else are you doing?
1: I have done tons of networking. When I first went full time, I had no extra money for advertising for, you know, all the big company stuff that they do to market themselves. And I didn't understand SEO and how important that was. I used my website as a gallery here. Look at my website. Look at my samples of my work. I wish I would have seen the importance of SEO because my boyfriend, that's what he does. And he's taught me so much. So that's the one thing I wish I would have done differently. But what I did do is I dove into networking. I attended any events that was either after hours, lunch events, Any kind of networking event, and I did the rule of you walk away with at least three good connects, you bring the business cards home, you connect with them online, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and you do that again and you stay in touch with them. And then the other thing I did is I joined BNI. Uh, BNI has been super crucial to get me started because those people became my separate family. And they connected me to their best clients. And I actually learned a lot about how to network, not just throw business cards at people, but actually make serious connections. I had to leave my BNI chapter when I moved to Apollo Beach last year in September because it was too far for me to drive to. So right now I'm networking in a sister organization that's called a Partners in Network. It's similar, there are slight differences to it but um, I get to attend some of my chapters virtually. I don't have to go in person if I don't need to. I'm member of two chapters there. So a lot of networking, a lot of connecting, a lot of staying in touch through social media. Uh, so that's, that's what I've done, right, I feel.
0: Yeah. You said something really important there that you're not just like a, a business card pusher, that you really are connecting with people. And I think sometimes that's what's missing when someone's like, well, I'm going to these networking events. I've watched it happen. I mean, I was like, I joke that I was like a networking meeting slut because I would like go to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I was like going to all of them, you know. Anyways, and I found the ones that I liked and didn't like. And I know if you're in a smaller town area, you're going to have to drive further to find some, you know, unless you want to start your own. But that's just kind of comes with the territory. If you want to do networking, you know, I used to drive... In Seattle, there were a lot of them, but I didn't always love the ones that were right near me. So mm-hmm. I was driving out to Mercer Island, Bellevue, you know, places that it was taking me with traffic 45 minutes, sometimes an hour to get there. Like it just, I was willing to do that because I knew that was what was helping me grow my business.
1: Anyway, that's just a side note. And that's kind of what I did too. When I first found my BNI chapter in 2018, actually 2017, I went to... To not where I lived, but I went to my target market area Mm -hmm. and I found the chapter there. And yes, I had to drive at the time like 40 minutes to get to it each way. And a lot of my one to ones happened there too. So I like parked myself at Panera Bread and like had all my meetings all in one day. Um, But it worked because that's where my target market was. That's where Mm -hmm. the clients I was going after lived. And so it made sense to attend the meetings there because those business owners knew the clients I was trying to reach.
0: Totally. They are not going to just knock on your door and just find you. Yeah, no. You have to put yourself in front of them. Awesome. This has been really great. I'm really happy for you. And, um, you know, I'm sorry what you went through as a kid, not feeling like good enough or whatever. I'm hopeful that, I don't know, you see now that you are deserving and beautiful and I feel like redhead women are like coveted. They're just, I don't, as adults, I don't know why kids can be such assholes, but as adults, redheaded, I mean, I see a redheaded woman, I'm like, damn, she's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's definitely turned me into the person that I am today. Yeah, it was kind of sucky going through it as a child, but it's turned me, it's, it's helped me blossom. So I'm really, really happy where I am right now. Awesome. There was this little girl, and we were at our cottage a couple of weeks ago.
0: And, um, a like guy who lives on the lake has this like super cool jet ski and he swore he was going to take the kids for a ride. Anyway, he pulled up and he had his niece with him and he was like, is it okay if she stays here? Cause you know, they couldn't all fit on the jet ski. And I was like, totally. And she had red hair. And I looked at my friend and I was like, she is the most beautiful little girl I have ever seen. Hmm. This gorgeous flowing red hair. And we were just like, she was like 11. And I was Uh like starstruck by her. I was like, you are so pretty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Anyway, just a little side note. Great story. All right. Well, thank you again. Oh, I do have uh, four more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. All right. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot?
1: My strobe. I have a, a battery operated that doesn't need to plug into the electricity strobe that I take with me. I actually have two in case one dies in the middle of a photo shoot that I have a backup. Nice. And that that goes with me everywhere, in studio, on location, everywhere.
0: All right. Awesome. Okay. Question two is how do you spend your time when you're not working?
1: I like to travel and I'm a foodie. I like good wine and good food. So in Tampa, it's really popular. There's like so many different style of restaurants. So you get to basically travel without traveling by just eating the Native food of the different cultures all around the world. So that's one of my hobbies.
0: All right. And number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote?
1: Ooh, I have a good one. The future belongs to those who believe in their dream by Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, I love that. Simple and powerful. Like you dream it and it'll happen. You just have to keep dreaming it and keep putting the building blocks to get there, but won't happen if you don't dream. All right. And number four, what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would say that's the one thing that I would tell myself when I first went into full-time business is I wish I had more money saved up, but do it anyways. Do it. Don't let all of (laughs) you... Do it anyway. Just go for it. You'll make it work. Uh, Life will bring things that you need as long as you keep on your path, do it anyway. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Just do it. Go for it. Love it. All right. And where can people find you online, Ali? Um, Instagram at Ali Portraits. Same with Facebook. I'm starting a YouTube channel. So at Ali Shano Portraits, there too. And my website, Ali Portraits. Cool. Well, thank you again. I'm really proud thank of you. you. This is
0: exciting. Thank you so much. Sweet. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.